Hello, fellow quarantiners. Welcome in to Travel with Thomas Wick. It's me, your host, Laura Thomas Wick. A lot of big things have happened uh, since the last episode that I put out. I've since had a birthday. So that means it's officially time to start really making moves on my 30 before 30 list. I've definitely been doing a lot to keep myself busy. So I think I'm probably about a third of the way through the Marvel movies. So one of my items was to watch all of the Marvel movies in chronological order. uh, Because until recently, I honestly had only seen Iron Man. I wasn't really big into superhero movies and Jordan really wanted to go see Avengers The Endgame. So I went into that movie having only seen like Iron Man 1 and 2. Uh, But after seeing The Endgame, I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is actually pretty awesome. Now I kind of want to get into this. So that was one of the items. I've made it through one and a half of the Harry Potter books. So rereading that series uh, to kind of relive my childhood a little bit was on that list. I wanted to see if it was as good today as it was when I originally read it. And so far, it's for me, at least it's holding up. And the other thing I've really been starting to make moves on lately is half marathon training. So I'm officially done with my first week of running and exercising in preparation for that. And it hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be so far. Check in with me next time when I'm at the point where I'm supposed to be running five and six mile distances. I might be singing a different tune. And honestly, I'm not really one for going and running large races. I hate big crowds of people and everyone's all kind of packed in and it's impossible to run anyway. And I guess I just am a little self-conscious about my running. I don't know why. So I never really envisioned myself actually going and running a race with a lot of people. I've heard anymore that they've got almost like virtual or digital races where you register and you have some like app on your phone or something like that that tracks your distance and your time. And then they send you a medal and you know, you can can track where your time is on the leaderboard. So I might do that or I might just decide, you know, once I've gotten to the end point where I'm supposed to run the race that I'll run it and see how I do. Because again, for me, it wasn't so much actually doing a race as much as it was uh, sticking to a training regimen and kind of finishing a goal that I had set because I've really been struggling to work out lately. Earlier when I said big things have happened since the last episode, you probably thought I was going to talk about COVID-19. I will tell you that is definitely making uh, some of these items on my 30 before 30 list very easy to achieve because there's not a whole lot else to do. Cough, cough, training for the half marathon. So like pretty much everyone else, I'm uh, hiding from COVID-19. I've been spending a lot of time at home. But right now I'm kind of at this place where I'm just sick of talking about it. And I don't mean that in a sense that discredits the virus because I absolutely think that doing the stay at home mandates are absolutely necessary. And I do think that this is a very serious virus that we need to do everything we can to prevent the spread of. But it's just at this point where it's taking up so much of our attention that I just want to break from it. So that's what I mean when I say that I'm sick of talking about it. Um, I don't want to talk a lot about the virus per se, but I do want to kind of quickly talk about maybe how it's impacting us uh, and the the toll that it might be taking on our mental state. Being home 24-7 and just having all of this continual news about a global pandemic, you know, being thrown at us. So at this point, I've been working from home for about two weeks. My husband has been working from home for about one week. My initial thoughts for these last two weeks, it's been nice to sleep in a little bit longer than I normally do since I don't have to get up and, you know, change into a suit and drive into work, which is about a 20 minute drive. Uh, It's been kind of nice being able to sit down and do my work without having a whole bunch of interruptions and people coming, um, not necessarily to ask questions that are work related, but a lot of times people will get a little bit distracted talking about personal items which I don't want it to sound like I never want to talk about personal life and how that's going, but it's more or less the conversations that end up dragging out into like 20 and 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, can you please just leave my desk right now? I'm in the middle of something really important. So at first I was all about it, but as the stay at home mandate has continued, it's definitely starting to mess with my head a little bit. I realized how few steps I'm taking anymore. So it's just the little things like, 
walking from my car into the building, the number of steps I would normally take to get from my cube to the restroom or to walk downstairs to go to the cafeteria. Now everything is within such close proximity that I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to like start getting up and moving more throughout the day, which is another reason why I'm like, now's as good a time as any to start running after work. I'm also slowly but surely running out of things to keep myself busy. So I'm a huge busy body. I don't do well just sitting around. I always have to be doing something. If you listen to my episode titled The Achiever, you'll understand why. And the first week we were at home, I was working out of our office. Up until very recently, our office was kind of that junk room or storage room. But now that I've been home working for two weeks, it's really motivated me to get that organized. So for like a full week, I was going ham on cleaning out this room. We had like storage bins with all of these photos from high school sports and all of these random things that I was like, why do we even have this? It's starting to look really good just needs a little bit of a paint job. And now that I've finished that, it's kind of like all of the little things that need to be done, but I don't want to do. So I'm definitely going a little stir crazy or at least starting to. And right now the stay at home mandate is supposed to go on for at least another week. From the sounds of it, Ohio's governor has kind of implied that he foresees that getting prolonged even further. My animals really wish that Governor DeWine would have consulted with them prior to enforcing this mandate because our cats especially are really sick of us and ready for us to get out of the house. We've gotten some very nasty looks from them over the course of the past week especially. I've also been impressed with how well Jordan and I have been able to continue to get along and I don't mean that in like a negative sense whatsoever but when you are stuck in a very finite amount of space with the same person for going on two weeks. I mean, you're just asking to get in some really stupid arguments. We're very independent people and a lot of times uh, he'll go out during the week to do trivia with his friends or I'll have something that, you know, I'm looking to do with some of my friends. So we have a good amount of independence and, and time away from each other. So Um, I've been really impressed with us. They definitely don't prepare you for anything like this during premarital counseling. (laughs) But again, I think these next couple of weeks uh, could really get interesting for couples across the country. I can't even imagine what it would be like if we had kids. Now, I have made some rules for myself working at home over the course of the past two weeks. Just because I know this is a temporary thing and once this all passes over, I'm going to have to go back into the office. So I've been trying to maintain some sense of routine in an effort to make that transition a little bit easier when it comes. And the longer these stay-at-home orders are in effect, the harder it's going to be to go back. So the two rules that I have set for myself so far, number one, I have to change out of my pajamas. So I'm not letting my myself work in my pajamas. That doesn't mean I'm not putting on a pair of leggings and a sweatshirt, but if I didn't change, I would probably be in my pajamas for two weeks straight. So for me, that was really important. And then the second thing, I'm trying to keep as much of a routine as possible. So what do I mean by that? For example, we have a dog. She's very high energy. So it's really easy for me to want to take her on a walk over lunch. However, that's not something I typically would be able to do if I were going into the office. So as much as I want to take a walk over lunch, I've been waiting to do that until after work hours because I don't want to get her in the habit of getting this mid-afternoon exercise in. And then after the next couple of weeks, she's not able to take those walks anymore. So those are just some of the things that... I've been trying to do. I'm curious to hear about how your stay-at-home time is going. Is there anything that you guys are doing to keep yourselves sane? Are you having a hard time with it? I think there's a lot of people who are very social creatures that not having as much social interaction is really taxing for them. Or are you the type of person that absolutely loves (laughs) this alone time and not having to explain to people why you don't want to go out? So I'd love to hear how this is going for you. There are a couple of different ways that you can contact me. The first is to visit my blog, www.travelwiththomaswick.com. If you want an easier way to access my blog, you can look over at the description of this episode and I will have a link to it there. Once you're at my blog, you can either put a comment in the specific post 
regarding today's episode. You can also send me an email or message through the blog as well. I also encourage you to get on Facebook, go to your search engine there and type in the Michigan Podcasting Network. Go ahead and like that Facebook page. You're going to get updates every time Travel with Thomas Wick posts an episode. So you can leave a comment on the post that will be made. There are also a few other podcasts that are hosted by the Michigan Podcasting Network. You've got a talk in the attic as well as don't forget the popcorn, the Dave and Wes movie podcast. They would be a great show to get into right now. Every single episode, they're talking about movies in some fashion. Uh, They do all types of episodes. So they've done top five lists where they'll pick an actor or maybe a director and they'll give what they think are the top five movies for that category. They also do bucket list reviews. So they'll pick a classic movie and they'll kind of break it down to give their favorite scenes and their quotes and they'll do recasts. So there's no better time than now when you're stuck in the house to uh, take a listen to them and maybe get some ideas for movies that sound interesting to you that you could stream on the various platforms that we have available anymore. All right, we've talked about that subject entirely too long. That's not what we're here to talk about today. I want to take your mind off of COVID for a little bit of time, and I want to tell you about a wonderful honeymoon that I had in Montego Bay, Jamaica. If you follow the show, then you know I got married back in October, so you might be thinking to yourself, well, why are you just now going on your honeymoon? We decided to do a delayed honeymoon basically because of the time of year it was, so we knew we were going to a resort in Jamaica, Since we got married in October, that's right in the middle of hurricane season, and we didn't want to risk having our honeymoon impacted by some tropical storms or a hurricane. So the Montego Bay Sandals Resort was kind of a compromise for us. Jordan was pretty hellbent on doing an all-inclusive resort. I think it was because a lot of his friends who'd recently got married had done them. For me, I was a little hesitant to do a resort because, as I just mentioned, I'm a busybody. I don't do well being at the beach for a week long, having nothing to do but sit on the beach. I need some action. I need some activity. So with Montego Bay, uh, I thought they were a pretty good compromise in the sense that they have a beach. You can lay on the beach as much as you want and, and relax in that sense. But they also have quite a few restaurants. They've got different water sports that you can do that are complimentary. So for us, Montego Bay ended up working out. If you're considering staying at the Sandals Montego Bay Resort, just one thing to be aware of is it is right by the airport. Uh, it was primarily taking off that you would hear the flights. The flights that were landing really didn't cause any disruption, but the, the flights that leave definitely do make a lot of noise. So if that's not something you're okay with, then you should probably avoid Montego Bay and you should look at the Ocho Rios or Negril Sandals Resorts if you're specifically looking to go to Jamaica. For us, the planes didn't really bother us and it was actually kind of funny. We noticed that the people that worked there as the planes would take off, they'd actually like wait up to the sky. So they wouldn't even look up at the plane. They would just like wave and keep their heads down. So I thought everyone kind of made the best of what could be seen as like a crummy situation. So before I get started, I do want to mention that when I closed the last episode, I mentioned that today we were going to be talking about getting alcohol that you buy in other countries back into the United States as you're going through customs. As I kind of sat down and was thinking out this episode, I realized that if I talked about our experiences going through customs, that would significantly increase the length of this episode. So in the next episode or two, I'm planning on doing a show that's specific to getting through customs, but I wanted to make sure I cleared the air and got that out in the open now, because if that's the only reason you're here and you want to leave, that's cool. I just didn't want to bring you here under false pretenses. We still have a ton of good stuff to talk about, though, if you want to stick around. I'm going to start with a little bit of overview about Jamaica and the sense of a little bit of history and maybe some fun facts. Uh, I'm going to do a breakdown of what each day at the Sandals Resort looked like. And then I'm going to close with a little discussion about kind of if we knew then what we know now, 
tell you about those things we'd maybe do a little bit differently. Jamaica was discovered on May 5th, 1494 by none other than Christopher Columbus. And it was kind of cool. Uh, while we were driving to one of our excursions, we actually got to see the actual spot where he landed. Before Columbus found the island, it was believed to be inhabited by a tribe of Indians that were referred to as Arawaks, A-R-A-W-A-K-S. And the island was actually called Zamaka. So it's spelled X-A-Y-M-A-C-A, which meant land of wood and water. So the Spaniards primarily used the island as a base to store their supplies and their food, arms, etc., Uh, while they were attempting to conquer other lands. And it sounds as though they ended up killing the Arawaks. Number one, it sounds like the initial tribe of people that inhabited the land were almost just worked to death by the Spaniards. They became slaves in some sense. The other thing that the website that I was looking at had referenced, and it makes perfect sense, is that the Spanish had ended up bringing illnesses and diseases to the island that the Arawaks didn't have the immune systems to fight. So they ended up dying from sickness as well. In 1655, Spain surrendered the island to England after the English had attacked. So at that point, the island was under the British rule. Uh, During that reign, the island started to be used more for agriculture. So the British started growing crops on the island. They ended up bringing in a lot of enslaved Africans to make up the workforce. So that went on for a little bit more than 300 years until Jamaica went on to gain its independence in August of 1962. So now they have their own constitution and set of laws that they live by and they're not under anyone's rule. And to clarify, it was just their independence that they had gained in 1962. They had actually abolished slavery early to mid 1800s. Because of the amount of time that they did spend under British rule, it's kind of interesting. I think that had definitely a significant impact on the the culture and life on the island today. So for example, English is the official language of the island. And now knowing that their language is more influenced by their British rule, it kind of makes sense. I remember as we were driving to one of our excursions, we passed a tire store and they actually spelled tire T-Y-R-E. And I was like, oh, that's super weird. So knowing that there was a a heavy British influence on their language and their culture, it makes perfect sense. Uh, Another example is that in Jamaica, they drive on the opposite side of the road as we do, as well as the opposite side of the car. Now, even though English is the official language of the island, the most widely spoken language is called Patois, and that's spelled P-A-T-O-I-S. And some people may also refer to it as Jamaican Creole. But it was kind of cool. Um, It became very obvious as we were going throughout the resort and even throughout the airport when we got to Jamaica that they were speaking something other than English. And Jordan had asked someone that worked at the Sandals Resort, you know, do you guys speak a different language? And the worker just said, you know, it's a broken English. But after doing some research and after one of our tours that we took, we learned that no, it's this spoken language only. So it's nothing that's in writing. And our tour guide, she had told us that this patois is the combination of three different languages. And the language itself was created during the the English rule when the slave trade existed. So the slaves used it as a way to communicate with one another without their masters knowing what they were saying. So as I mentioned, it's a spoken language only. They don't have any written form. However, I'm about to tell you some of the words that we learned and I'm going to attempt to spell them out so you can understand the pronunciation or how it might look if it were written. But one of the most common ones we heard was Wagwan, uh, which is essentially their way of mashing up what's up and what's going on. So if you were to spell it, it might look like W-A-H-G-W-A-A-N, Wagwan. Ovada, O-V-A-D-E-H, over there. Lukta, which is look there. And then another word that I don't really know what the combination of them is, but we saw it in writing and we heard people say it, Iri. And we were like, what the heck is that? And I ended up asking our our tour guide on one of our excursions, hey, what does this mean? We've seen it and heard it. And it means any combination of like, we're feeling good, we're happy, we're high on life type of a thing.
thing. So a lot of people would say me Irie. So I just thought that was so cool and had kind of this newfound appreciation for this mumbo jumbo that I thought I had heard people speaking otherwise. As far as currency goes, Jamaica does have their own dollar and it's literally just called the Jamaican dollar. When we were on the island, we found that people did accept American currency. Uh, You didn't have to exchange it. And the exchange rate, when I had looked this up on uh, March 20th, it was crazy. One US dollar is the equivalent of 135 Jamaican dollars. Imagine driving by the gas station and seeing that gas is $162 because that's literally what we saw when we drove by gas stations. So Jamaica is a a pretty poor country and that's one of the things that I'm going to talk about towards the end is just this appreciation that I have for Jamaican culture after being at the islands. Some of Jamaica's biggest exports are coffee, rum, which they literally use rum in everything, sugar, and then something called alumina bauxite, which is like a red clay or powder that comes from the earth that they use in aluminum. So we saw piles of that everywhere. So those are kind of the fun facts that I had for you that I figured would be a good way to to get this party started. We elected to do a six-day, five-night trip. So our flight left Sunday morning and we got in uh, midday Sunday and then we departed from the island on Friday. So our first flight out of Dayton was at 5 a.m. That is literally what time it took off. So we were up at two in the morning starting to get ready and make our way towards the airport. We literally got to the Dayton airport before security was open, if that puts anything into perspective for you. Now we landed in Montego Bay at about 1230, but because of the time it takes to get through customs and get a shuttle, it was probably about 2 p.m. before we got to the resort. And that's when our resort was 15 minutes from the airport. So there's a ton of resorts on the island of Jamaica. Travel and tourism is one of the big money makers. Uh, But if you were to go to the Ocho Rios Resort, uh, you're looking at about a a two-hour drive. So that's definitely something you want to keep in mind if you're booking a trip to some type of a resort. How far is it from the airport? Now, these resorts, they are all about relaxation and they don't want you doing a single thing. So we get off the shuttle at the Sandals Resort and they have someone waiting for you with a tray of warm washcloths for you to kind of wipe away the grossness you're feeling from being on flights for the last seven to eight hours. And there was a group of us that had all gotten in at the same time. So they took us all to this clubhouse where they got us drinks. They kind of gave us an overview of what to expect on the island. And then kind of one by one, they checked to see if our rooms were ready. So just like a lot of other hotels, they do have a check-in time of 3 p.m. Fortunately, we were lucky enough that our room was ready early. So we didn't have to wait to get situated. They they just took us to our room right away. I think we were the only couple in that group with us and there were probably about five other couples that had our room readily available. So everyone else, they had taken their luggage and kind of put it off to the side, but everyone else had to figure out something to do up until their room was ready, whether that's grab a bite to eat, go to the beach, So they have a bellhop that takes you to your room and I thought it was kind of a nice touch mainly because as you're going to your room, it's it's a decent walk. Ours was probably like five to seven minutes away. He's kind of giving you a tour of the resort and he's pointing out certain restaurants and giving you the lowdown on, you know, this restaurant requires a reservation. Here's the, the fitness center. So he's trying to give you a lay of the land while also getting you to your room. Our room was absolutely awesome and I'm gonna have pictures of this for you guys on my blog. Overall, it was pretty small. I mean, it was just kind of a single bed with a a TV and they had kind of a little mini fridge area. But the big selling point for me on this room, and we knew this while we were booking, was they had a balcony with an outdoor soaking tub. So they, this tub that after you've spent a couple of hours at the beach and you're all sweaty and gross, you can just come back and like soak in this tub. So the room was absolutely amazing. It's an all-inclusive resort. So they stock your fridge for you with water, beef, wine. Um, They had like seltzer drinks. All of that is at no additional charge. And then they come through and they restock that every day. So if you're not in the room, they take inventory and they just restock it for you. If you are in the room, they'll knock on the door and they'll say, hey, what all do you need today? And they'll give you that. So it's a pretty sweet setup. Something else that 
the Sandals Resort did that I'm not sure if all resorts do this, but they hand out a newspaper every day, which is pretty cool. So on Sunday night, they'll give you the newspaper for Monday. And this little newspaper, it's going to include some information about the activities that are planned at the resort for the next day. So they've got a little schedule. I'm looking at the activities from Monday, March 2nd. So at 10.30 a.m., they had beach volleyball. At 11.30 a.m., they had minute to win it games. And then they tell you where at the resort you need to go if you're interested in doing that activity. And they had a scavenger hunt. They had beach Olympics, pool volleyball. So they've got all kinds of activities at different locations throughout the resort in case you're like me and you need to, to go have some activity or make friends with people. They also had a little bit of a fitness schedule, which I thought was kind of cool. So they had aqua fitness. I know some days they had yoga. They had morning walks. The little newspaper is also going to tell you all of the different restaurants that are at the resort and it gives you the time that restaurant is open. So I thought that was a really cool way to kind of communicate information to the guests. Um, also, one of the benefits of the Montego Bay Resort is there is another Sandals Resort in Montego Bay. It's called Sandals uh, Royal Caribbean. And it was like a five to 10 minute drive from the Montego Bay Resort that we were at. So because they were so close in proximity, you could actually bounce back and forth between the resort. You just got on a shuttle and they took you over there. So you had access to their restaurants, their activities, their beaches. So the newspapers that we got had the activity and restaurant list for both the Montego Bay and Royal Caribbean locations. So even though we got in to Montego Bay pretty early and we were there at two. We pretty much just tried to familiarize ourselves with the different restaurants and what times they were open. We ended up getting an early dinner because we hadn't really eaten much up until that point. So we ended up eating at four. We walked around a little bit just to try to get a lay of the land. But y'all, we were tired. We'd been up since two in the morning. I ended up falling asleep at 6.30 that night. And it was actually kind of funny because the Sandals Resort has outside vendors come in. So they're like Jamaicans who are doing arts and crafts. So there was this gentleman who, for lack of a better description, he was like a wood carver. So he would carve out these intricate designs or animals and then they, uh, he'd stain the wood. So he, he had been set up while we were out walking around and we saw something that we wanted to buy. And the other nice thing is he will personalize it for you. If you wanted your initials, he would do that for you. You would just tell him what you wanted and then he'd say okay come back in 45 minutes so Jordan had gone out to pick that wood sculpture up for us and I'm like three quarters of the way asleep and all of a sudden someone rings our doorbell and I answer the door and it's a housekeeper and she says hey I'd like to turn down the sheets and I'm three quarters of the way asleep and I'm like, okay. So I literally go and sit out on the balcony while she's doing this. So after like five to 10 minutes, she comes out and she's like, you know, your room's ready. You can come in. And I walk in and she had turned down the sheets, which pretty much just means like she had folded them over and she had put like rose petals all over the bed. She had these like swans that had their necks intertwined that she had made out of towels. So we had indicated that we were at sandals on our honeymoon. So they have some like honeymoon amenities that you can receive. And I'm assuming that was one of them. So I was like, oh, this is super cute. Too bad Jordan's not here to see it. And so I didn't want to ruin it. So I literally just like climbed into one small part of the bed so I could try not to mess it up so that Jordan could see it when he got there. It was pretty comical. So the second day we didn't have very much planned, which I thought worked out perfectly after my 12 hour night of sleep. We were able to get up on our own time and we were just able to do everything at our own pace, which is not something that we're used to. So we pretty much just spent the majority of the morning and early afternoon out of the beach. Um, one of my favorite things about the resort we were at was the insane number of cats that they had. They were everywhere, but at this point we didn't know that. So we saw this little cat and we're like chasing it around, trying to get it to, to come sit with us. But I've heard that the Sandals Montego Bay Resort takes really good care of these cats. So the majority of them had a clipped ear, which means that they're fixed. And it was just so cute. Like a lot of them were sitting out on people's patios with them as the guests had ordered, you know, room service and had breakfast at their room. So they were definitely well fed and well taken care of, but we were always trying to chase the cats anytime we saw them. 
and making jokes that uh, we were going to bring home a cat as a souvenir. So that day we pretty much just hung out and relaxed the majority of the afternoon. And that night we actually had our first excursion. Anytime you're booking one of these excursions, one of the things that you have to keep in mind is a lot of time, at least from Montego Bay to these excursions, there is a little bit of a, a travel time. So the first excursion we did, we went to a place called Luminous Lagoon to do a nighttime swim. And it took us about 45 minutes to get uh, from the resort to Luminous Lagoon. So why the heck did we want to do a nighttime swim? This was not just any nighttime swim. Uh, Luminous Lagoon has bioluminescent microorganisms that live in the water. Anytime something moves or causes a disruption in the water, that particular area where the movement was made starts to glow this light blue color. You first started seeing it in the wake of the boat as it was taking you out to the area where you would swim. And then when you do get out to swim, as you're kicking your feet and moving your arms, the water around you just starts glowing this light blue color. And the lagoon wasn't very deep. I think they said it was about four feet. I have a fear of swimming in water, you guys. So Jordan was definitely the one who wanted to do this swim. And I had told him prior to the excursion that I wasn't making any promises about getting off the boat. Uh, I just don't like swimming in a body of water where I can't see what's under the surface. I have a fear that fish are going to come nibble on my toes. Even if this were a lagoon swim at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, typically I want nothing to do with it. But as we were driving to the lagoon and kind of going out on the boat, I'm like, all right, I'm only probably going to be here once in my lifetime. I just need to do it. But I told myself I'm not touching the ground because again, I'm just like afraid of what I'm going to step on. So a couple of other people had gotten out before me and they started talking about how they had put their feet down and it felt like muck. And then later I heard someone refer to it. They said, I feel as though I'm standing in a foot of snot. So at that point, I knew I had made the right decision not to put my feet down because I'm also a huge priss. I'm not going to lie to you guys. So I probably would have squealed and cried a little bit. And it got pretty funny because Jordan had gotten out right after me. <laughs> I started to get tired from treading the water. And so it got to the point where he was like carrying me throughout the water so I could swim and move my feet uh, without having to, to stand in the muck. So I was good after like five to seven minutes. I'd done more than I had intended to do when I came. So I got back in the boat while Jordan hung out a little bit longer. They do have photographers out there to capture pictures for you because it is really difficult to get your cell phone or even whatever quality camera you have to capture the blue glow in your pictures. I didn't stay out in the water long enough to get my picture taken, but Jordan did. So on the blog, I'll put in some pictures so you can see what the water looks like when it's glowing that light blue color. So that was our first full day at the resort. Our second day was very comparable. We didn't have anything planned. Another tip for you guys, if you're standing in Target prior to your trip buying sunscreen and you're debating on whether or not you should also get the bottle of aloe, just do yourself a favor and get it because that's what happened to me and I didn't buy the aloe. I said, you know what? I'm buying 50 SPF sunscreen. We're not going to get burnt and if we do, it's not going to be so bad that we need aloe. Y'all, we got so burnt. I thought we had done a good job of applying sunscreen that first day, but clearly we did not. Jordan got it worse than I did, especially on his back. So I felt super bad because that was my area that I was supposed to take care of for him and I failed him. And because I didn't buy the $7 aloe at Target, we ended up having to spend $18 on a bottle of aloe at the resort gift shop. That was cool. Needless to say, on the third day, we had to limit our amount of time in the sun. We ended up going to, uh, the, it was called the Latitude Bar. So it was out on the beach and it was kind of like this little hut that was a bar. And then surrounding the hut, they had probably like 10 or so hammocks that just kind of hung uh, over over the water and hammock might be like a loose interpretation of it. They were these nylon or mesh nets that they had pillows that you could just 
lay on and enjoy your time in the sun. So we laid out there for a little bit of time, but then we ended up moving to the beach where they had some like shaded areas where you could hang out. So nothing too special on that third day, just a nice relaxing time on the beach, drinking pina coladas. On day four, we had our second excursion. We went rafting on the Martha Bray River. Now I will say that this day did not go as planned and that is for a couple of different reasons. We worked with a travel agent to get our stay at the resort booked as well as our excursions. And leading up to our trip, she had given us an itinerary for each excursion that we booked that told us what time the shuttle would pick us up, what time the excursion started, what time the excursion ended, and then what time we would get back to the resort. So the original itinerary we were given said that our pickup time was 10.50 in the morning, that the excursion started at 11 a.m. and it indicated that we would be back at the resort around 12.30 p.m. So we had kind of booked this under the impression that it was just going to be a couple of hours out of our day. Now, once you get to the resort, you have to go up to a separate desk and you have to get all of your proof of purchase for the excursions before you can actually get on the shuttle and go. Uh, so they give you a lot of the same information. And when we picked up our itinerary for this river rafting experience, it was significantly different. Uh, the pickup time was actually 9.50 a.m., so a whole hour earlier. And then our return was actually 1.30. So it ended up taking more time than we had planned, which kind of irritated us at first. And it got kind of worse because we get on the shuttle at 9.50 and we figure out that the reason there's such a significant delay between the time that we get on the shuttle and the time we get to the excursion is because we stopped at probably like seven different resorts to pick up other people, which is fine. I get that. Uh, but it got worse because one of the resorts we went to, the people who were supposed to get on the shuttle were like 20 minutes late. You guys don't be that couple. That shuttle driver is a way better person than I am because I definitely would have left their rear ends about five minutes after they didn't show up. So that kind of delayed everything, you know, that much further. So the shuttle driver gets us to the river and we honestly had no idea what to expect. I didn't do a whole lot of reading on any of our excursions leading up to them. So I had seen pictures, but I kind of thought that this was going to be something that we had to do. So it was a bamboo river raft. I thought we were going to be the ones that had to kind of steer ourselves through the river. Fortunately, that did not end up being the case. Um, what ended up happening is they kind of took you up to this area where they had a little bar, they had restrooms, a little gift shop. Uh, so you could get a drink prior to going down the river. So this river raft ride was about 90 minutes and it was this huge long bamboo raft and towards the back like quarter of the raft, they had a little bench with a cushion for you to sit on. And then you had a raft captain is what they called them that went to the front and handled the rowing. So it was a very relaxing ride. The scenery was absolutely breathtaking and it was just so serene and peaceful going down that river. It was really cool. You got to see banana trees and mango trees, different wildlife that you wouldn't get to see at home. So it was a really cool experience. I would highly recommend it. I'm going to have a video up on my blog uh, that shows you a little bit of the scenery and I'll check and see if I've got any photos from that. Jordan got to steer the raft and it was kind of funny because uh, you could tell that it was a little bit of a struggle for him at first. It took him some time to pick up on it, but just a, a cool experience there. So once you get down the river, you get back on the shuttle and they drop everyone off. And it was even more frustrating because with the, the 20 minute delay that we had experienced picking people up, there was some additional traffic and whatnot that prevented us from getting back home. Uh, we didn't end up getting back until I think closer to 2.15. So that day we had kind of gotten back to the resort and we were kind of like mad. We were like, oh, like why did we sign up for so many excursions? We wish we had more time at the resort. You know, we paid all this money to stay here and now now we're spending so much time away from it. So it just kind of, it ended up turning us off a little bit. So that's just something else to keep in mind as you're planning an all-inclusive resort stay. Think about the excursions and do a little bit of research as you're looking to book them to figure out, you know, what kind of an impact is this going to have on your time at the resort. And if you're okay not being at the resort very much, that's fine. At least you know. In addition to, you know, being kind of irritated at the way the day had gone, we got back to the hotel and both of us just 
felt like garbage. And honestly, I think what it was is as we were on the shuttle bus going to the Martha Bray River, you ended up having to go through like this very hilly area back off the roads. I think going up those hills and then doing that in a shuttle bus with a lot of other people where the air circulation maybe isn't the best, it just made us feel kind of gross. So originally we had made dinner reservations at a Thai restaurant that was on a private island at the Royal Caribbean Resort. And we ended up canceling, which like looking back, you're like, oh, like that stinks. That would have been such a cool experience. But I do think it was the right decision for us. So instead, we got to lay by the pool, take a little bit of a nap. We ended up going to a sushi place instead, which was fun, all the same. Um, And then they have little games throughout the resort. So they had one little area that had ping pong and a pool table. They have like volleyball net set up places. So we just ended up hanging out and playing ping pong for a little bit. So got to unwind after that. Otherwise, a little bit more stressful day than we would have originally planned. So that takes us to day number five. And this day was easily the best day of the whole trip. And Jordan says the same thing. And this is a big deal. And the reason I say that is because we had yet another excursion. And this excursion was truly planned to be an all-day event. The shuttle on day five picked us up at 940. And it told us we weren't going to get back until 6 p.m. Considering how the prior day had went and how irritated we were and regretting our decision to do all these excursions, that's saying a lot for this all-day excursion to be the best day. I think part of it had to do with our tour guide that we had. So this shuttle that we had taken to this excursion, um, they had one driver and then they had a tour guide more or less. So she was interacting with us. She was telling us about the island as we would pass different areas. She would call them out. So we passed the high school that Usain Bolt went to. We passed the area where some of the James Bond movies had been filmed. And she was just very high energy, upbeat, super awesome woman. The second reason I think this excursion was so awesome is just because of what we were doing. So it was actually two excursions mushed into one. We started out with a dolphin swim at a place called Dolphin's Cove, and we finished up with a hike at a place called Dunn's River Falls. So to kind of take you through the day, uh, we get to Dolphin's Cove. It was about, I think, like an hour and a half to two hour drive from our resort. So it was definitely a, a trek, but we got there, we got checked in, and the way it works is they have different different tiers or packages of dolphin swim that you can buy. And then based on which package you buy dictates the types of activities that you do with the dolphins. We specifically had the ultimate dolphin swim. And the way it works is once you get checked in, they actually have dedicated times that your swim is scheduled. So we had multiple groups with us. Our scheduled swim was for, let's just say 1 p.m. I'm not sure if that's right. But let's say our swim was scheduled for 1 p.m. But other people in our group, they weren't scheduled to go until like 2 or 3 p.m. So dolphins Cove is pretty cool because they know that people are going to come and have to potentially wait time in order to do their dolphin swim. So it's almost set up kind of like a mini amusement park. Amusement park might be a bad comparison, but let me explain. They have one area that has just kind of like a swimming pool. You can lay out in the sun. They also have a hot tub, which a hot tub in Jamaica at one o'clock p.m. sounds terrible, but there were people in there. They also have little swimming areas that have stingrays, so you can go snorkeling with stingrays and that's at no additional charge to the dolphin swim that you've purchased. They have a swimming area where you can actually go in and swim with a shark. I couldn't find the specific type of shark that it was. I tried looking on their website but it is a shark that's known to be harmless to humans. So you could do that. That did cost extra money. They also had a little aviary section where they just had birds you could feed. They had a quote-unquote mini petting zoo which really only had rabbits but they also had gift shops. They had places that you could go to eat. They had plenty to do to keep you busy. Unfortunately, we didn't have as much time at Dolphin Cove as we would have liked. Our dolphin swim session was scheduled pretty much right when we got to the park. So we immediately went and got situated. They give you a little life jacket that you put on and they kind of like separate you into groups based off of which package that you purchased. Then you single file walk down to uh, the swimming area that you've been assigned. I'm not even sure how many groups they had. They probably had like at least five or six different groups. I think there were probably eight to nine people in our group. So they do a good job of keeping them small group sizes. 
So what they have you do is you get into the water and you stand at one side of the pool. And we had two trainers that worked with us. The number of trainers that you have is going to be dependent on what type of a swim you purchased. So with the ultimate dolphin swim, we were working with two dolphins, hence we got two trainers. Some of the other groups were only working with one dolphin, so you only worked with the one trainer but they kind of take you through and explain the different things you're going to do with the dolphin. So the ultimate swim was the top package. You got two dolphins and you got the most activities to do with them. So this was really cool. We did a dorsal fin swim. So literally you just put your arms out on either side and you just, your thumbs are facing down and then the trainers tell the dolphins to go and you just wait there and they go exactly where they need to go and you grab onto their dorsal fins and they take you across the water. We got to do you kisses with the dolphin so they start out by kissing you and then you kiss them you hold the dolphin like a baby so you just put your arms out and they kind of swim into it you dance with the dolphins and then um, the craziest one we did was they actually push you up out of the water using their noses so this was kind of crazy because you're supposed to go out at the other side of the water and you are laying on your stomach you're supposed to have your toes pointing toward the ground so they're perpendicular with the water and and then again, the trainers give the dolphins a go ahead and they pretty much do everything for you. They push you up from your heels. The trainers tell you to make sure that you keep your like legs locked. You don't want them to bend and they just push you throughout the water. This experience was absolutely amazing. Dolphins are majestic creatures. They're so intelligent. They're almost like people in some sense. They definitely had personalities of their own. So one of the dolphins that we'd been working with, she swam back with some type of like stick or leaf that she had found in the water and she had it sticking out of the side of her mouth and almost like she was smoking it so that became like the running joke with the group one of the trainers anytime she was getting ready to go do a trick he'd be like all right let me take your cigarette the other thing that they said that was pretty funny is the trainers kept saying don't drink and drive uh, so as you were doing especially the dorsal swim if your mouth was open the water from the dolphins would come back into your face so I definitely had a little bit of a drink and drive situation where I got the water in my mouth. And let me tell y'all, it tastes very fishy, which is why they tell you don't drink and drive. But overall, if I had to guess, I think that we were in the water with the dolphins for probably a good 45 minutes. This is another place where they take pictures for you. They don't allow you to bring any types of cameras or cell phones. Uh, so we ended up buying all of our photos. So I'm absolutely going to be posting pictures of this because you can just tell from both Jordan's and mine's face, just the pure joy and how much fun we had doing this activity. So it was definitely worth it. Once we got done with the swim, we went and grabbed lunch real quick. That was something that was included as part of the package that we had purchased um, but we were a little short for time so we had to eat real fast and then we got back on the shuttle and went over to a place called Duns River Falls. So this was kind of crazy. You ended up hiking against the river. Um, I will say that this was a pretty rigorous activity. You're walking up these very slick and slippery rocks and you're walking against a current. Um, there were some points throughout the hike where you're actually in the water so you can't really see below the top of the water because it's a little foggy but you don't have a sure footing so you're not sure if what you're stepping on next is one foot down, is it two feet down? So you just have to be really really careful. So if this is an excursion that you want to do just keep that in mind. If you've got people who are older might want to avoid this particular excursion. I know I was really scared doing this not for myself as much as I was Jordan he had sprained his ankle three weeks prior to our honeymoon and his ankle was definitely still very swollen especially after our travel day going through the airport and some of the other activities we'd done I was very nervous for that unsure footing I was afraid he was kind of gonna twist it or tweak it again but fortunately we made it through without any problems um, I will say that they do have numerous exits so I'm not sure what the length of the hike is it takes about 45 minutes minutes to get up, but they do have like three additional exits prior to the very top. So if you get a quarter of the way through the hike and you're like, man, there's no way I can do the rest of this. I'm tapping out. You can exit at any point and they have a little trail for you to walk back to get to the exit. So we did have tour guides for this as well. I think they had like two people that went with you to help try to get you up the falls as safely as possible. And then they also had a videographer go with you. So he was responsible for taking video of your group making the hike. 
Uh, this time, the groups that we had, I would say were probably about 15 to 20 people. And it's kind of comical looking back on it now. It's kind of not, but... <laughs> We ended up, for most of the hike, you're supposed to essentially build a human chain. So you're holding on to the person in front of you's hand, you're holding on to the person behind you's hand, and you're all kind of working up through the falls in an effort to prevent people from getting hurt or slipping off a rock. If I knew that coronavirus was going to be so prevalent, I'm not sure I would have agreed to be holding so many people's hands, but you know, it was what it was. And if you are uh, considering Duns River Falls or a similar hike, just know that it is something that you're going to get absolutely soaked for. I didn't know if this was something that we're walking on rocks and yeah, you might get a little spritz, but no, you're you're physically walking in water throughout a good quarter, if not more of that hike. So it was a jam-packed, very busy day. Uh, we ended up getting back to our resort probably around 5.40. So we got back earlier than planned. So we had talked about the whole excursion thing again after that second day. And we were like, no, we think we made the right decision booking all of the excursions. All of them were very enjoyable. I think the thing we wish we would have done differently is scheduled one additional day to our reservation at Sandals to even out the number of days at the resort versus those days we had excursions. Day number six was go home day. Our flight left Jamaica at about 3.30, I think. So the shuttle came to pick us up at 12.30 in order to get us to the airport by one. And just like any hotel, they do have a checkout time of 11 a.m. So even if your flight's at 5 p.m., you're checking out at 11 a.m., your luggage has to be packed. They have someone come and pick it up for you. So things to keep in mind as you're scheduling your travel. Now, I don't want to get into kind of the boring details about a travel day. I think we all know what it's like to be on planes and have layovers and things like that. So I'll skip right into what we did well versus what we would do differently. Honestly, our what we would do differently has a lot more detail, I think, than what we did well. Um, this was our first time at an all-inclusive resort. We'd never done anything like this before. Things that I think we are happy with with the way things worked out. Number one, we picked awesome excursions. I think some of that's just dumb luck. But as I mentioned a few minutes ago, everything, all the excursions that we did were very fun. We created uh, memories we'll never forget. And we got some amazing pictures to capture those moments. We got an awesome camera for our trip. So I'll post a link to that camera. It was on super sale, but we just ordered it off of Amazon. It captured video. It came with a case that made it water resistant. We didn't know if we were going to go snorkeling or what kinds of activities we were going to do. So we wanted to make sure we had a camera that could take pictures underwater. So we ended up getting this. It's a very tiny camera, um, but it has like 4K quality. You'll be able to see that in the pictures that I post as well as the videos on my blog. We've got a 4K TV at home and we watched the videos of the river rafting that we took on the Martha Bray and it was just insane how realistic it looked. I think the last thing is just we we relaxed a lot. We, you know, had our couple of days with excursions, but in general, we're a couple that we're always busy. We're always on the move. So just kind of nice to be on the beach or taking a nap or relaxing in whatever fashion that we chose. All right. So here's where the majority of my content is going for this segment. What would we do differently? We would increase the length of our stay. So we did six days, five nights. I think one more day would have been perfect. So seven days and six nights. With that additional day, we'd plan to spend it at the resort. As we were scheduling, number one, these all-inclusive resorts are expensive, right? I'm not going to beat around the bush. So we scheduled the time we did because of the cost. And then as we were scheduling, I thought that because we were getting in at 1230 on Sunday and because we weren't leaving until 330 that Friday, I was like, you know, we have time to work with. We'll be able to go to the beach. We'll be able to do things. But I was just flat out wrong, Um, especially the day that we got there. You have to remember getting through customs and there's a specific schedule of when the shuttles will go to the resort. So you're kind of operating on other people's schedules, which delays you getting into the resort at all. And then also depending on what time you left, you're just tired. We got up at two in the morning. Like we're gonna probably be ready for bed at seven or 8 p.m. So that that really gave us about four to five hours to work with on that first day. Depending on what time your flight leaves out of Jamaica, you might be able to make something work. So if our flight didn't leave until like five or six, for example, we probably could have gone out to the beach. But the problem with that, at least from my perspective, is now you're having to do a lot of planning. Okay, here's my carry-on bag in my carry-on. I need to make sure I have my clothes to go to the beach, my clothes to change into to get to the airport. 
there's just a lot more coordination that goes into that. You have a lot more time to kill, which could potentially get boring depending on, you know, how much time you want to spend out in the sun. If you are out in the sun, now you're getting sweaty and gross and you don't really have a place to clean up. So there's just a lot to think about to each their own. If you're going to an all-inclusive resort and there are some restaurants that require reservations, make your reservation on the first day of your trip. The Sandals Montego Bay Resort, there were two restaurants that required you make reservations in order to go. There was an Italian restaurant and a steakhouse. When the various resort personnel had explained the reservation process to us, we were under the impression that only same day reservations could be made. So if I wanted to go to the steakhouse on Thursday, I thought that we had to call Thursday morning to make that reservation. But we had interpreted that incorrectly. And as a result, Jordan really wanted to go to the steakhouse, but we didn't have enough time because we tried to book a reservation on Wednesday and they had already been booked throughout the remainder of the week. So the concierge who was working the reservations told us, you know, in the future, I recommend booking your reservations on the first day you get here because it gives us more time to work with. Another thing you want to research in addition to restaurant reservations is going to be any requirements in order to participate in the resort's water sports or resort activities. So for example, I had my heart set on going scuba diving while we were at the resort and I went to make a reservation to scuba dive and found out that you actually had to take a class in order to learn how to scuba dive if you've never done any type of scuba diving before. And again, because I went to make this reservation so late in the week, at that point, we really didn't have the time to attend one of these classes. Third thing is do more research on the excursions that you're going to be doing. So I already referenced making sure you understand how far the excursion is from the resort so you have a good idea of how much of your time the excursion is going to eat out of your day. We didn't get itineraries for these activities until like a week or two before our trip. So we were kind of going in blind. We didn't know that the dolphin swim in Dunn's River Fall was going to pretty much be like a nine hour day. The other thing you'll want to look for is what types of supplies do you need in order to do that excursion? So this really only impacted us on one day and that was uh, the dolphin swim in Duns River Falls. So in order to do Duns River Falls, because it was so slick on the rocks that you were walking on, they mandated that you had water shoes. And if you didn't have water shoes, they weren't going to let you go. So we found this out like a day or two before our excursion. So we had to buy water shoes when we were in Jamaica. So we we ended up going to the resort gift shop and it was like $25 per pair. So we ended up spending 50 bucks on those water shoes. And then it was a real bummer because <laughs> the tour guide that was on the shuttle taking us to these activities, she was like, oh, I know of a place that we can stop if you don't have water shoes. And they were selling their water shoes for 10 bucks a pair. So um, had I known prior to leaving for Jamaica that we were going to need water shoes, I probably would have just gotten on Amazon and ordered some and I would have been able to save some money in that regard. The Sandals website has some pages that say, hey, here are these fun excursions that you can do, but the excursions are hosted through a completely different company called Island Routes Caribbean Adventures. Instead of trying to use the resort's website to do research on the excursions, go right to the source and go to the, the website of the company that's hosting the tours because that has a lot more information about the longevity of the activity, the supplies that you need and that type of information. We didn't do a whole lot of research on anything leading up to this because we used a travel agent and unfortunately I'm not going to get into it because you're going to get me on a soapbox but we had an absolutely terrible experience with this travel agent so I was kind of under the impression that any important information would have been communicated to us and we learned the hard way that it was not. Which is a nice segue into my last tip for you or what we would have done differently, <laughs> pun intended. Bring tip money. We were told by our travel agent that we don't need to bring any tip money because it's included in the cost of the stay. However, the rest of the island primarily makes their livelihood off of tips. So when I say the rest of the island, the shuttle bus drivers that are taking you to your excursions, any tour guides, when you get to your excursions, you know, the dolphin trainer, the raft captain, whoever the person is, 
is that they're making their livelihood and their living off of these tips that you give them. So fortunately, we did bring cash with us, but our first time out on an excursion, we didn't realize that we were going to be expected to tip. So we didn't have as much cash as we would have liked. We had a couple of stray dollar bills, but otherwise we had like $20 bills. So making sure you have number one, enough cash to give people tip money. And then number two, making sure you have the right like denomination of bill to give. So yes, you did a great job, but I can't afford to give you my $20 bill because some of this cash was intended for other things as well. Fortunately, the resort can make change for you. So we were able to to break down a lot of those larger bills into, you know, $5 denominations. But just something to keep in mind to us, it was really important to, to give people tip money again, because this is how they're making their living. They're banking on getting this money in order to, to feed their families. Other thoughts as I wrap up here. One thing that I didn't like about the resort was the way that they handle meals. So there's a, a set number of restaurants that are on the resort. I want to like rough estimate that it's like eight to 10. Um, They have one buffet that's always open for breakfast and lunch. I thought they did a pretty good job of accommodating for like all different types of food. So they had a pizza place, they had a sushi restaurant, they had a steakhouse, they had like an Asian walk style of restaurant, they had Italian. Um, The buffet usually had all kinds of food that you could eat from. But the thing that really stunk was that they were only open for certain times. So for example, the pizza restaurant that they had was open from 11 to 6. So if you wanted a late night snack of pizza at 9 p.m., you weren't going to be able to get it. And almost all all of the restaurants closed at 9.30. They had one restaurant that was open for like late night snacks, but that was it. For me, I'm the type of person that I am eating constantly throughout the day. I just eat smaller portions. So I eat relatively small sized meals and then I'm snacking and, or I'm having like a a second dinner, if you will. So it was really hard for me to find that balance. Like I wasn't eating enough because I would eat these really small lunches because I'm I wasn't hungry enough to eat more than what I did but then by the time I got to the next meal I would be like starving. I thought that they did a pretty good job of accommodating for vegans so it seemed like every restaurant that we had had some type of vegetarian and or vegan option that was available which I thought was cool um, but the other thing that I didn't like about the the food options is they didn't really have a lot of vegetables unless you were eating at the buffet. So for example Um, A lot of the restaurants that we went to, the only side that they had on the menu was fries. To be fair, I never asked if I could swap it out, but the menus didn't suggest that I could do otherwise. So I guess I would have to try it. Something else about the menus, it was kind of funny because you don't pay for anything. It's all inclusive. It was a very strange feeling looking at the menus and not seeing any pricing information. So just a little fun fact there. But I also couldn't help but wonder if maybe the other reason why they don't have alternate side options available is is because it's an island, right? So I'm wondering if foods like broccoli, which are typically one of those veggie sides that you can swipe out here in the States, maybe that's not something that's conducive to growing in Jamaica. So that maybe is an alternate reason why, you know, they have limited side options and they only have fries available. But I think uh, in the future, if we're planning on going to an all-inclusive resort, I will probably like pack a little snack bag to take with me. I absolutely love the the Jamaican culture and that's one thing. I'm bummed that we didn't spend more time doing excursions to learn more about the Jamaican culture, but the people are absolutely amazing. Jamaica is a, a pretty impoverished country. It was crazy. Our tour guide had mentioned, you know, you're going to see a lot of dilapidated looking houses. They look run down and broken. But really what she explained is they're houses that people started but never finished building. So I guess if the government owns land or owns a house on a piece of land, they charge a 16% interest rate. So a lot of times people will just build the house. The supplies and imports to build houses are very expensive. So they'll build what supplies they can afford at the time. And if something comes up, if they have a baby who now has to go to school in a couple of years, if they lose their job, you know, then building that house gets put on hold. So that was just kind of a crazy story. And and knowing that they have all of these hardships, 
And yet everyone is still so positive. I just feel like with the excursions that we did, seeing the types of jobs that these people are working, in my opinion, I think Americans a lot of times are like almost too proud to do some of these things. So for example, the raft captain that we had that did our bamboo river raft tour, he'd been doing that job for 44 years. So he's easily in his 60s and he's doing an hour and a half long excursion out in the heat. That's a very manual and laborious job. Uh, I alluded to it earlier, Jordan was struggling to row the raft correctly. And I just can't help but think, you know, how many people here in America would turn their noses up to doing a job like that because they think it's below them. And then a lot of people are like artistic. So they do a lot of like wood carvings or paintings, things that are crafty and very hands oriented. And then they just try to sell their work. I mean, these people are just working their tails off to make a dollar. And, and again, they're very upbeat. They're very lively, energetic, and just loving life. So I have such a newfound respect for for the country of Jamaica, for the people living in it. We definitely want to go back again. Uh, It was kind of funny. The other night, we actually made a little Jamaican meal. We bought some jerk chicken seasoning while we were in Jamaica. So we made some jerk chicken. And then one of the things that I picked up on in Jamaica is there were a couple of meals we had where they had actually put uh, green and red bell peppers in with mac and cheese. So I just got like Velveeta shells, cooked that up. I chopped up some red and green bell peppers, sauteed them up, put them in with the mac and cheese. Oh, it was perfect, you guys. If you're looking to spice up your your meal a little bit, there's a suggestion for you. But we actually enjoyed our trip so much that we've already scheduled our next sandals vacation. Uh, So just kind of a little tip for you. Once you get to the resort, they have kind of a, a, number one, they have a loyalty program. So if you sign up for this loyalty program, just like a lot of other loyalty programs, you're going to get points for staying with one of their resorts. And then they also have like a travel program. So if you book your next Sandals Resort trip while you're at the resort, they have different discounts available for you. You can get anywhere from 10 to 12% off of your next trip. They book like three years in advance. So the trip that we booked was for May of 2023. We got 10% off because the type of room that we stayed in. And then we got like an additional $500 off using the rewards that we had accrued from our stay in March. This trip that we booked in 2023, it was actually seven days, six nights, and it ended up being cheaper than the cost of our stay this time around. So at first, I was like, oh my gosh, they got us. Uh, but once I saw the the price on it, I was like, okay, this is actually a pretty good deal. Um, something else that I think is really cool, we technically booked our trip to go back to Montego Bay in Jamaica, but you can change the number of nights you stay. You can change your room type. You can change the resort location up to 30 days in advance. So I think that's something that Jordan's going to go through and he's going to look at some of the other resorts and we might change our mind and go somewhere else. The other thing that makes it amazing is that you can apply future sales and discounts to your stay. So if I were to get on the Sandals website on Black Friday, let's say, and I saw that they were running a sale on their rooms, I could call up into Sandals and say, hey, I've got a reservation for 2023. I saw that these types of rooms are currently running at 25% off. I want to apply that discount to my already scheduled stay. And they're going to take that 25% off in addition to the discounts you've already gotten through booking ahead of time. So we would get an additional 25% off on top of the 10% we got for scheduling a couple of weeks ago. So it's a really good deal and it gives us something to look forward to. But I think that's all I've got for you guys. Pictures, recaps, links to a lot of these excursions that I referenced. They are all going to be available in my blog. So do yourself a favor and head on over to the notes associated with this uh, recording so that you can go and check those out. I've got a couple of different thoughts of where we could go for the next episode. So I'm not going to commit to anything just yet. But just know it's going to be a good time regardless of what we go with. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We'll see you next time. Hey, yo.